Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our Fremantle Dockers team analysis today. We are getting into the Frio Dockers. We are. Um, the one-man team I like to call Five City. Five City. <laughs> Five is life. And um, look, as you know, we have uh, quite a few episodes out already, so please do check us out there. Uh, we're covering basically the premiums, the rookies, uh, draft relevancy and breakout contenders, that kind of thing. Excellent. But to start off, I'm quite thirsty, Chris. I'm going to give you a quick little cheers. Oh, um, hello. We're going to have a little that. cheers for Michael Pendergast. Excellent. Michael, cheers, Michael. Pendergast. Uh, he's in hospital at the moment, mate. So he did shout out saying thanks, boys, and how our banter and listening to our voice makes him feel better. So look, cheers to you, mate, and all cheers the best you, with the recovery. Excellent. Now, uh, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, obviously you can through uh, Facebook at yep. facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Yep, SC Twitter. underscore Insider. Twitter, it's uh, SC underscore Insider underscore. Twitch.tv forward slash SC underscore Insider. And uh, on all the major platforms, just search for us. Supercoach Insider, boys. Get amongst it. Get amongst and it. And keep up the love. In case you are really enjoying these podcasts, also on uh, Twitter and on Facebook, have a look because all of our stats are actually released in a big spreadsheet, so you can take that along. You can print it out in defenders, forwards, midfields. You can actually separate it and use it for draft days, and that's what we use. Oh, yeah. I use it. I have it all printed out, and I start crossing off the names, and that's how we win draft leagues. That's that's pretty much in it. In a nutshell. Very easy. Yep. All right. Um, so where do we start with Frio? Because uh, the reports that I got in, so far this offseason have all been that Frio are more looking towards a development year, getting time into the kids, and they still don't think that they're on the cusp even though they kind of were in the in the mix for finals right up until the last few weeks, yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be a bit. Strange. It's going to it's going to be interesting, and and the thing that's going to be the big key factor, I think, is they're big forwards. Um, if they can get them all fit and on the park, I can't see why they won't do well this year. However, it, I understand what you mean. It's it's going to be an interesting one because they've just got three high draft picks, so they're going to want get get games in them. Phase out Monday, and I actually see this as a big phase out Monday year. Yeah. He's been so good for them. He's for been so, long. so good. He's been so durable. But I can't see him. And based off the reports I've seen, even Fife is saying he has to play smarter. He can't just be that ball inside all the time because you just get beaten up. Well, what I found interesting about that in that entire interview is that he said that, but he, he prefaced it by saying that that's how he played last year. Yes. So it's not necessarily that he's going to be changing his role this year. No. It's no. Last year I changed my role slightly and changed how I played. Oh, he did well and gave him more longevity, but he was saying to let the younger guys, like your Brayshaw, your Cheras, um, you know, a few of the other players take some of that brunt, like your Buleys or whatever, try and let them take some of the brunt and some of the hits and then let him go in there, have his impact and then float forward and do his thing. But um, look, season review though, let's go for it. Fremantle, um, second for contested possessions. Fife. Fife, hello. (laughs) Basically. And... um, However, they were 11th and 14th for clearances and centre clearances, mm. which it means that they were really good for contested ball around the ground, but they were absolutely getting smashed. And I think that's probably due to the fact they had some inconsistencies in their ruck. I, I was going to say that the lack of Sandy and the injured to Sean Darcy and, and uh, Rory Lobb that they have over there Yeah, now. correct. Yep. So 
you know, not getting much continuity in that, probably getting the negatives on the tap outs and then not getting the clearances or the contested ball uh, from the center clearances. Uh, they were also 11th for effective disposal. 11th. Oh, that... 13th for elect- <laughs> 11th. There you that's go. 13th, 13th for effective disposals, 15th for disposal efficiency, which meant they weren't being very effective at all uh, with their disposals and on their Absolutely. boot. So what about secondsies? Secondsies, <laughs> secondsies for turnovers, Chris, funnily enough. Uh, excellent. Yeah, so fourth for contested marks, which I think Fife is a great contested marker. Then you have Lob and you have some of these other you know guys like Hogan when fit. They're good at marking the ball. So that's no surprise that for marks inside the forward 50 and for marks and contested marks in general, they did really well. Yeah. But effective disposals and disposal efficiency were down. Their turnovers were up because of that. So they were second overall in the comp for turnovers. And But the good thing was that they were fourth for intercepts. So they turned it over, but then they were good at kind of intercepting the ball, which is why I think they actually did quite well. Well, you've got good players like Luke Ryan behind the ball that were taking intercepts left, right, and center. Yeah. Um, I think that... Um, they're similar to Essendon. They had a lot of injuries from their top-tier players. Now, Jesse Hogan, you know, obviously can be anything, and I think we all can see the talent that he possesses, yes. but he's got to get on the park to show us anything like that. He does. Cam and McCarthy, what's what's happening with him? Oh, he's just... <laughs> catch you later. <laughs> yeah. His year off um, that he took before going over to Fremantle, maybe he would have done something productive with his time. Uh, anyway, so the good other thing I noted is, Chris, is that the Fremantle are third for one percenters in the league. Which is good, which means that across the park, they're actually putting in a lot of effort. However, their forward line stinks because their forward line, they have the least amount of tackles in their forward 50 in the competition. Wow, that's bad. Uh, yeah, so it's going in and it's just leaking like a sieve straight out. Yep, straight out the back, catch you later. And you can't sustain that. If you're not if you're not getting any tackles inside the forward 50, the ball just comes out. They well, don't I wouldn't score. say that uh, Hogan and, um, and McCarthy are very... <laughs> Forward no. pressure focus. But um, hopefully some of their new draft picks will actually add some talent. It's also what happened. I mean, we saw, obviously, Michael Walters further up the field on the wing last year as opposed to being yep. in the forward line. Um, yeah, he was a good forward pressure player. And, you know, moving up the ground, you, you rob Peter to pay Paul. That's what happens in football. Yeah, that is what happens. Uh, so the draw, they have the round 13 buy, so the middle buy. Not so good. Um, but Champion Data actually has them ranked the easiest draw in 2020. And that is something to take note of, particularly in draft leagues or even for your premiums. But the good thing is they have no five-day breaks. They have five six-day breaks, which is down. They had six in 2019, so that's down from that. And they avoid traveling to Canberra and Longceston because they actually require multiple flights. So they have it pretty good there. When you have a look at their start of the year, though, it's actually quite good. And yes, there are some hard, hard draws like all of them, but they have the Dons, Hawks, Dees, Suns, North, Geelong, West Coast, Adelaide, Dogs, Saints, Lions, Swans, Blues, Port, and Dees. All to start the year. So basically, Just you're the looking... two there in the middle, right? Yeah, Geelong, Geelong and West, West Coast. Coast. And that is pretty much the hard part. So apart from that, they have the Suns twice, Saints twice, West Coast obviously twice, Dees and Dogs. Um, not and too again, bad. And anything can happen in the derby, right? Anything can happen in the derby. And basically, for... And this is why I'm actually... I'm, I'm off five to start the year because he's coming off an injury. However, when you look at that start to the round, he could dominate so many of those, and they play Gold Coast twice, which is even better. But the final seven rounds, it actually gets harder for them because they play the Dogs, West Coast, Collingwood, Suns, Saints, GWS, and Richmond. So out of that seven, you're only really looking at Suns and Saints as possibly easier rounds, and the Saints are meant to be a top eight side, in quote, this year. So... 
I would be getting on any female people like you know Hill. I'd be getting on them early, even um, as a point of difference, Luke Ryan to start the year because he could tail up at the start of this year and not so much as an upgrade towards the back end. I like where your head's at. Um, all right, well, let's get through the um, yep. through, through your predictions and, okay. uh, and go from there because I've got so much that I want to say to about the players. Oh, really? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, okay, so your prediction, I predict they're playing the kids. Uh, hopefully... Hogan, Lobb, and Fife stay fit, but if those three players are injured at any point throughout the year, they could end up finishing you know, bottom four easily. So I actually have them finishing around that sort of 14th mark just outside the bottom four because I think game winners like Walters and Fife could get them over the line a couple times a year, and I think that'll kind of sneak them out of trouble. Um, yeah, so list changes. You had Langdon going to Melbourne. You had um, Hill going to the Saints. They're the main ones there, and H coming in from Collingwood and Acres to the Saints uh, from the Saints. So it's easily known that they have a couple of wing spots available. Yes, you got Acres in, which kind of provides some of that um, compensation for that, which they I think they needed him to be honest. Yep. And uh, so we'll start with our premiums, Natty Fife, the hey. guy that the guy that Chris criticised me for starting last year and wish he started. Mm. Basically, pretty much. If he didn't get knocked out, he was going one thirty. Oh, I, 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 Oliver, who I chose, uh, uh, yeah, instead of him, actually scored more in overall points. But only if you don't factor in the rookie scores you would have had on field those weeks. You I know, think both weeks stack went like one hundred and seven both weeks. You know who I chose instead? Of, <laughs> you, you know who I chose with? Because uh, I had Oliver. You know who I chose instead of Oliver? Like on top of Oliver? I don't know who. Crouch. <laughs> I think I win, Chris. I had both. <laughs> um, so my concern with Fife is that he actually had shoulder reconstruction in the off season, um, not too highly publicised. Like yes, you get banged up, and I thought maybe he just had a bit of a clean out, but they actually said shoulder reconstruction, and he is working his way back. So he's been running. He did the time trial. Yeah, that's good, but he's not doing contact work. So it says being managed for the first part of the year. He's starting contract drills as he completes his rehab phase on his shoulder reconstruction. That doesn't sound good for me. And I know he's a premium and he's an athlete and he's he's good and he'll Does be, he really need he'll a be fine. Though? No, but like honestly. It does I don't like picking people coming off surgeries. If I, I can help it. I think I, I, when was the last time he didn't come off a surgery? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> okay. he's always on some sort of Okay, okay. It's a little bit like Clayton Oliver. Though just the way they play, there's always some sort of postseason surgery. That's true. I guess didn't Clayton have double shoulder reconstruction double and I still picked him? Ten. Okay, so I'm a hypocrite. Right. And start, and start five. There's that video of him doing a um he's doing a warm up test the day before the round one to see if he can yeah, take get the selected. And he and he and he got through it. And he played and he played every single game for the year. So, I mean, you know, like that You're five, right. same thing. Unless okay. I'm a hypocrite, I need to pick five. Right, fair call. Um, okay, so he did get knocked out on uh, round three for 64, true average of 122, six scores of 144 or more, and only one below 90. So he has a good base, he has a good ceiling. He just looks good too, let's be honest. He's, he's everything you want. He's everything you want. Hell, like, I don't even go for long hair. The reason's go. really against Fife is that he's obviously a premium, like his price, right? So two else can you have? that could potentially get you five returns that may be a little bit cheaper. I'm of the opinion Not that many. he hurts you more with his captain scores as well because you've got to remember that a lot of people captain or vice-captain him. And being usually Fremantle have late games. Did we check into um, 
Yeah, they're, so. they're not playing like a lot of primetime TV, so there'll be, free there'll be a lot, of, of, Sunday a lot games. of Sunday games. They usually have a lot of late games, which means there's always a backup captain option. Um, and he, that, he hurts you that way. Plus, you just don't want to be that guy that's watching a Fremantle game and watching Fife do everything. Oh, like 140 I, at three-quarter time man, or something. Yeah, you, yeah, you, are, again. you are hating it. And he, he goes in these huge quarters. He'll get uh, like 60, 70 points in a quarter, and I'm just like... Yeah, you're watching, you're watching him in flight, and Can then he'll... Just, yeah, and then he'll just go forward. Yeah, or okay. something or like Fair call. Rolls an ankle. Just um, runs off the ground. So, oh, speaking of running good. off the ground, my next forward premium is Michael Walters. Yep. He's a forward mid, 547k. Um, a lot of people really picked him up well. He averaged 100 for the year, 22 games, which was unheard of for Walters because normally you just expect him to, you know, pull a Walters. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. 87% time on ground. Good disposal efficiency for that. 1200s. Six of those 120 plus, which I thought was really good. Yep. Uh, big ceiling though too, because he has a 137, a 139, a 158. And he, the funny thing with Walters though is that he always have these lower games, so you could probably pick him up at a good price somewhere throughout the year. But then he could also hurt you, especially in draft Absolutely. leagues or even in standard leagues if you're playing for competition instead of overall. But he'll go on streaks like it'd be 109, 50, 120, 103, 139. That was one block of five games. And then he went on another streak. 110, 127, 158, 100. Another four rounds we just towed up. And then he then had another streak of five games. 104, 113, 137, 56, and a 124. So amongst that, you might go some games of 70s and 60s and 80s or whatever. But then he'll just go on these hot streaks where he just dominates. And then he gets full of confidence and people forget how much he dominates. And he just starts towing everyone up. The other consideration is with Hill not no longer there... He's going to be their main conduit going from defense to the forward line. He's the one that runs up the wing, yeah. provides them with those running bounces. The biggest issue with with Walters is not Walters, it's himself. It's the fact that if you look at Supercoach as a whole, most people are only starting two premium forwards. And most people are going to be starting Lockie Whitfield 1, Dustin Martin 2. Isaac Haney 3. Well, <laughs> some, some are going to do that. So what that's going to mean is that if you are going Walters, you're basically picking Walters over Dusty Martin, right? That's essentially what you're doing. Yeah. And or that's, you're that's, going Dusty and Walters. And, and, and that's, not a, that's not a good idea because Dusty will hit you 100 with his eyes closed. <sighs> Dusty goes in and out. Yeah, but he'll still get you 100. Well, he's going to average 100, right? Yeah. Like I'm pretty confident with him still averaging 100. His top end, though... He's got more potential to average that one ten mark. So I'm sort of, I even, say, even I say, a, sort of yeah. I'm much if, more lean towards starting yeah. Dusty in a safer option. Plays every he's played like every game for like eight years. Dusty, you know, like you don't have to worry Touch about wood. it. Touchwood. Yep. Um, Whereas Walters, a slightly riskier pick, very unique, but that's why he's probably yeah. not going to be. Walters could teams. average you eighty eight to a hundred, and you'd be like, yeah, that's Walters. That's pretty good. Right? That's what you Dusty. Expect. He could go one oh six, one oh eight, one oh eight point nine. You'd be like. Yeah, it's a good year. Dusty. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what you expect. So, um, the next premium is Lee, uh, Luke Ryan, who, big on, he has had the hot start for the last two seasons. He goes on runs, that his, boy. He goes on big runs, and in a good way. Um, the first start of his season for the last two years, he's just gone out and absolutely averaged huge. Two years ago, on the back end of the year, he really tailored off and went and dropped off, off, a, off a cliff. Um, but he was on our radar because we knew that potential was there, and... Last year, he actually did quite well, particularly to start the year. And he, he has a lot of games where he hits 80s and whatever. And sometimes you get points and you're like, how the hell is he racking up these points? He has a big ceiling. He is definitely. He takes kickouts. He he's one I'm watching. Okay, so he got injured on 48 in round 19. So a true average of 98.65. 
His average before the, f- the buy was 104.5. That's before the buy. And then he averaged 82 after. Uh, so in 2018, it was 98.5 before the buy and 77.8 after. So his ceiling, he has a 131, a 145, a 156. So he has some big games. Uh, I'm big on him, and, and I did get some inside word last year. Apparently, a friend of ours actually is friends with his brother, and apparently he had a slip disc in his back, and they were managing him and kind of forcing him to play, which it makes you wonder how much players are kind of like oh, horses. Well, how much they're like horses and stuff, where it's like you are your person, but you also belong to someone and they want you to play. That's what happens so when you, you sign have, a contract. So you bro. have to kind of play. And I was like, oh, really? No, surely not. They can't be doing that. And then he then pulled out a couple of 60s and he did not look right. And I was like, mm, okay, I think maybe there is something to this. So take of it what you will. Um, I think if he's fit coming now with you know, Freeman having some different wingers coming in, I think they're going to look to him more than ever. And you got Young, they reckon, I think will probably come across that back line somewhere with his big boot for the, the, uh, the high draft pick. Yep. I think Ryan's just going to... I don't know. He's one of those players, and I hate the buy being the middle one, and I don't know if I'm going to start him in standard, but he could easily average you high 100, you know, 105 for the first part well, of the year. He, he averaged 104 in the first yeah. half of last year, 104.5, and then in the second part of the year, averaged 82.29. So he's, yep. uh, he was also injured on 48 in round 19, making yep. a true average of 98. But I said that already. So I see... Here's what I see with Luke Ryan. The only again, I don't think many people are going to spend much in their defense, and I think that he's going to be massively unique. He's the he's the Lloyd of 2021. Oh, that's a big call. He, he reminds me of Lloyd. Just, just if he maybe, had a clear run at it, he could average 105 for the year. Yeah, he could. And that's, he just needs some consistency. I wouldn't be surprised if he did do that. I wouldn't be surprised. So, I'm looking at him more in a draft league. Uh, close your ears, Chris. Earmuffs. Um, I'm looking more for a draft league for me. He, he averaged 95.8. I'd happily pick him up you know, just above that. And I think people will be going ahead of him. Um, yeah, I'd bank him over. I'd bank him against a Sicily, even though I like Sicily. Pick him up but as D2. You could. I suppose Easy. It, it just depends on you know where the picks are falling. Yeah. But if you can get like a really good midfielder or a really good forward and then still get Ryan, I'd be happy. Someone will pick up Doherty before be they pick up Ryan. Guaranteed. Oh, you reckon? That'd be you. I'm going. I'd be picking up Ryan over Doherty first. I wouldn't. It's a draft league. It's, it goes for a season. Anyway. A oh, single draft? Yeah. Yeah. Who picked up? Does anyone have... Uh, yeah, of course who, they do. Someone up? picked up Tom Mitchell and Doherty in the Keeper League. Uh, I know. What, what an idiot. Um, except for this year. Okay, so next <laughs> one, looking at rookies. So, again, we touched on Hayden Young. I think he will come in. Problem is, though, they had three top ten draft picks, and they're all too expensive. Um, yeah. Even then, which we'll get in... what, 180K? Yeah, and even then, you get into... And the reason that people are so big on the number one draft pick in their side is they have this... He Yes, he's a great player, and there's reports on him being better than Walsh. But because Walsh was so successful, people now have this inflated sense of, oh, number one draft pick's going to make me lots of money. It doesn't always happen. And yeah. it's because of Walsh that people are like, Here's we're starting him. the exception, him. not the rule. Yeah, right. Now, people are saying that Raul is also the exception, not the rule. And I am a little um, bit cautious on Raul. I am waiting to see something. At least with Walsh, they were saying, Walsh is killing it. Walsh is doing Generational everything. Talent. Generation, he's killing it and running up the sand dunes and he's doing really well. Raul, he's just like, oh, he's playing for the Suns. In you go. I anyway. I need to do a little bit more research into Raul, but I am optim- optimistic that he'll average 70. Pessimistic that he'll average 80. Yeah, At 200k. Um, it's a... I'm on the fence, to be honest. 
tough, tough. It, we'll, I'm we'll on the fence because I like I like him being at my M6 if I have it. But then at the same time, if I can get away with not having him, I like my team without him. Yeah, well, I can do a lot with that. I did a great anyway. team, and I'll, this, is, this is a good segue for you. I did a great team, um, uh, a redo today, actually, of my team. You said you weren't going to touch it. I know, it. but then I got really, I was like, oh, maybe if I just, oh, maybe if I just do this. And I took, uh-huh. it's took like when he's mi- It's like when your missus is overseas for six months. I'm not going to touch it, babe. Lies. <laughs> Lies. You can't help yourself. That's never going to happen. <laughs> anyway um, so I, I managed to fit six Uber premiums and Gorn and Grundy into my team by adjusting rookies and, t- and, and getting more cash with some more unique options well, including course. Connor Blakely so which we'll I'm get interested into. to see how, how King may get are, well, are we there yet? yeah no not yet are we there uh, yet? okay are so we there? Okay. Uh, Luke Valente uh, didn't play in 2019 he had groin issues He's a 123k mid, so he's someone I'm looking at as a, a rookie. Don't know if I like his chances at all, but he is cheap, and he was someone that was kind of looked at last year, yep. so I think keep an eye on him. Stephen Hill, the one we've spoken about already, 190k Absolutely. defender forward. Um, he's been killing the training track, and he only had a few games last year, but he's averaged 70 in the year before, 80 constantly. He's even averaged 100 previously, and, and here's what gives me some confidence is that he says... And this is off the Fremantle website. I feel really good. I'm getting through training really well and I'm pulling up fine. Then he says, throughout the preseason, I've been doing a lot of sprint work. And personally, I feel like my running hasn't changed much. I've still got my speed and endurance. So I feel fine and hopefully I can bring that speed into games. Well, that's good because I mean, for the last 18 months, he's had constant hamstring issues. Correct. So that's that's his big issue and, um, and why he hasn't been able to get on the park successfully. So working on a strength program, working on his sprinting. Uh, he's doing well. I'm pretty confident. And at 190k as a rookie, yes, he's more expensive, but this is someone that can average you 80 plus. And I'm more confident on Stephen Hill at the moment than him and Matt Rowe. I'm more confident on Stephen Hill than I am and on his forward, de- forward defender. He's got a dual position swing. Hill over Roberton for me at this point. Ooh, I've no, got both. <laughs> well, dep- it, dep- it depends on Roberton's role, but at least with Hill, you don't go two rounds in and go, oh, my heart's going or whatever have you. You don't know the role that Roberton's playing. I'm... And he's cheaper. He can make you that much more money. So if it's one of the two, I'm going Hill. One, of the, one I, of the two. I'll only have Hill in my squad. One of the two. If he's in F4. Because I've got... Oh, yeah. So... Don't... So, F3? No. No, no. Well, Ooh. I'm not putting him in defense. Ooh. All oh, right. So that's what I'm... I, 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 like, got I think you. there's more value in defense than there is in the forward okay. line. So if I'm having him in my team, it's probably at F4. And the problem is, if you don't really want him in defense, if you're going... So here's the problem. And I've seen defenses like this already because they go, oh, value, value, value's in defense. But then they'll have Doherty. They'll then have Robertson. They'll have Dodie. And they'll have Hill. Four people coming off injuries in their defensive line. Only oh. one with soft tissue injuries, though. Still, that's still a risk I for know, me. But that's still a risk. Everyone's anyway. in the same boat. I'm fine with it. Let's do it. Anyway, uh, Toby uh, Toby Watson uh, couldn't get a game in 2019, but he's a 123k defender. I don't see him getting a game, just quietly. Not um, with these new One rookies. that uh, I am still looking forward to see. Uh, I don't know if he'll get a game this year. Sam Sturt. So he's 123k forward. Uh, basically lightened, likened to Nat Fife in the way that he plays without the frame and he's trying to build that up. And he basically shadowed Fife all last year, just trying Jeez. to learn off him. So I bet his bank account didn't shadow him. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but I like Sam Sturt as an option. Okay. Um, if he can get games this year, um, keep an eye on him because I think that he will be a super coach monster when he when he starts. Yeah, right. Uh, Lloyd Meek as well could play in 2020. Uh, he did have some... 
uh, injuries previously, but they reckon he could actually take the ruck and contend. I don't know if he'll keep his role, but he could I saw definitely. That today. There was an article about it. Yeah, they that. reckon he could actually push his way for selection. So let's see how he goes. Uh, I think he was picked a couple I think of years it's ago. Probably two or three. Darcy's to lose, but yeah, true. Bewley, uh, I'm going to put down here. Two fifty-two k, expensive rookie. Average 51.7 from five rounds. Make of it what you will. I've heard a couple of people raving on about him. Beware of the Bew. Uh, the key, okay, let's talk about positives. He won the two cave time trials twice. Uh, he's doing everything great. He returned in great condition. Mature age recruit. That's good. He's looking and basically it's been advertised that he's looking to lock down one of the two wing positions available. When asked who'd impressed so far, Fife was quick to answer. Bewley was the one that's been impressing so far. And... Quotation marks. I think he's got his name penciled in for round one for that wing position, and someone's going to have to knock him off it. That's from five. So I think Bewley, yes, two fifty two k. Watch him. I don't like the price. I do not like the price. But I hate the price. Me too. And he could easily average you seventy and be like, yeah, you're doing well. But draft leagues, he's someone not enough at two fifty two k. Correct. But for draft leagues, as your last option, perhaps he could average you eighty and be a good forward option in your draft league. Fair enough. Yep. Maybe 80. 80. I, I need an 80. I wouldn't pick him. When I'm, when I'm spending that sort of bank, yeah. even 200k, I want an 80. Because there's every chance that a 123k yeah. rookie comes on and starts averaging well, even makes you cash really quick, and then you can make us Because 80 is a stepping stone anyway. Yeah. You're really looking to make cash out Even though you want an 80 at least. Oh, and I'm that's expecting, like, I'm hoping for high 80s. Yeah, so. but you at least expect an 80, otherwise it's a I've bust. i high, high hopes. But if you buy Dodi for like 270 or whatever he is, right? If he doesn't make that, it's a bust. If he doesn't Absolutely. make 80, if he doesn't if he, make 80 he doesn't it is 80, a bust. It's a massive it's bust, a bust pick, yeah. And everyone and that Robin's the same, Hill's the same. Yeah, correct. I think, I, I honestly Hill, think Hill, spending that much. 70 on Hill would still make money. Oh, I'm more. I just need an It'd 80. Still, mate, 80 would be way better. I think again, anyway. Raul. I think all of those sort of 200k plus, 200 300k. If you're not averaging 80, you're not you're not making enough points to be a worthy consideration yeah. of your team. You're not making enough money. If you're not first, you're last. That's absolutely right, Ricky Bobby. You're paying that premium to average that extra yeah. more. Otherwise, I, you I, might as well go. You can get a 70 average. Yeah, really. 123k to yeah. get you a 65. I mean, and happy days. And you'd be happy with a yeah. 60, but you want to. What you're aiming for from a 123k rookie is a 70 average. Speaking of that segue, Chris, um, Connor Blakely. Let's go mid-prices and breakouts. Blakely, um, huge, 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 huge upside. If you can ever get on the park. Huge, huge, huge risk. (laughs) Um, There's there's a lot of U's in that, or is it just one U each time? No, there was like three huges on the upside, and then... (laughs) Yeah, there was a couple more on the upside. But, okay, so let's break it down. He's a 411k defender... Um, for draft, particularly, he is so undervalued that you could take that risk on him, no doubt Absolutely at all. Absolutely, in draft. Uh, the problem it's is, it. though, is that that middle buy, and it's Fremantle, so they have an easy start to the year, which is great, but then you've got the likes of Doherty, and if you're starting Doherty, I don't know if you can start a Connor Blakely. Like, you want to try and minimize the risk that you're taking in each line, and at this point, if you're going a Doherty and you're going some of these Robertson types, you can't go a Blakely based on the fact that your risk is already elevated in that era. Well, you could. It'd be balls out. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be like, hey, check out these gonads, but um, the benefit, though... This is though, the silly season, so I'm... Breakout, though. He has... Okay with it. Him... Okay, so Blakely and Akers have the highest potential to break out for Fremantle. And then maybe Brayshaw and then maybe, is it Chera? How do you say his name? Chera. Chera. Yeah. Um, There's a silent H. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I call it yogging. Um, 
I think it's a soft J. Soft J. Uh, anyway, so he played 14 games this year. The most he's ever played is 17 games. All right, so that means that he has played 59 games of his last of the uh, last 88 games available it's over the great. last four years. It's not great, but and unfortunately, it's a lot of tissue injuries as well. Yes, which. Well, he had that uh, hamstring issue, which then we picked him then for a mid- back issue. We picked him was, yeah. for a, a midfield role, but then his whole he missed like twelve weeks or something, 12, yep. 14 weeks. Yeah, it's big hamstring. Huge, it was, yeah, it was like hamstring. hamstring um, off the bone. Yeah, yeah, it was it was messed up. So that stopped his season because you can't try and get fit enough to play midfield after that. Uh, but here's here's the the best the plus side the, that you're all the, hoping for. The caveat. Yes. Or caveat. The the the, the I don't know the cream. Um, 2018, he played as a midfielder. When he came in, he's still super young too, which is even better. Uh, as a midfielder, he scored, and this is in a row, 100, 108, 103, 130, 98, 114, 74, 115, 129, 121, 119, and then got injured on a 7. And He's got 110 potential as a midfielder. He, anyway, in that year, 2018, his true average was 94.3. The Who's downside is he hasn't been time. Him or Brayshaw? Uh, I reckon him. You have Young coming into that back line. You have Wilson there already. So and you have Logue. You have Logue. You have Wilson. Oh, you Logue, have Logue Ryan. Should be playing. And yeah. I mean, yeah. He, again, he got injured last year, but worked his way into the team and played fantastic when he when yeah. he got in there. Yeah, but you add everyone else in there, and they have that new draft pick of Young. I think they need someone in that midfield role more than they do someone in that back line. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how their midfield mix is sets up. Um, and the new coach, that's what... You can speculate so much with Fremantle because no one knows until they actually start to get some stuff going. Well, Brayshaw's interesting as well. I mean, I, I find the fact that he has this very low disposal efficiency and kicking efficiency, I find that hazardous to their midfield. Uh, disposal's not too bad, 63, but yeah, his kicking's 43%, yeah. which is horrible. Yeah, which, that, uh, which is and considering. It's yeah, Andrew Brayshaw, but now it's uh, his brother. What's his brother's name? Angus. Angus. They, they they have the same problem. You know, they can find the ball, they can win the ball. That's not the issue. The issue is their disposal after they get the ball. Well, they did tout him as one of the most well-rounded draft picks, so most consistent. So oh, he's number two, so um, he should be right up there. Correct, and he did come second in their three K time, two uh, K time trial. So his average did go from sixty point five to seventy point five. Uh, I know people are getting hyped, and yes, if he goes into the midfield, he could end up averaging you fairly well, but realistically, I think, anyway, he's probably in the 80s, which doesn't make him doesn't make him standard relevant for me. I think probably low 80, 80 to 85. Yeah, and even then, if I'm he thinking. had a really good role and did really well, he might show great improvement and go 88, but that's still not standard relevant at it's all. It's not, because 380k is too high. If he was like yeah, high 200s, yep. low 300s, you consider it, but at his price, again, he's a stepping stone. Correct. He's not going to make you 150k. That's what. Yeah. That's 530 k Yeah. There's no third year, third year breakout. That. It's possible. I mean, we saw Clayton Oliver do it, but he's not Clayton Oliver. He's not Clayton Oliver. He's not an inside no. ball. He's more of an outside. Yeah, kind he only of had in one tongue last year in his entire year. Yep. He's yet to prove that he can do it. If you see him going to go on a barnstorming run, then great. Or maybe if he does a Clayton Oliver in the preseason, he smacks three hundreds in a row. Yeah, then look then at you him. go. Oh Jesus, maybe maybe you do. Maybe he does. But um, I yeah. can't see it. Uh, the next one, uh, Blake Akers is a forward mid, three hundred and eighty four k, nineteen games, seventy point eight average. Um, look, uh, he had some issues. So twenty eighteen, he actually did really He's well. Had constant body issues since the second half of twenty eighteen. So twenty eighteen, he started pretty well. He started with a one forty four. 90, 97, 92, 107, 76. 
And he was playing predominantly on the wing. Yes, correct. And then he got injured and then had pretty much had issues with his groin and everything else since then. Um, but there is definitely an upside for him, particularly in draft. Uh, I can even see people being tempted in standard based on that 384k mark. Absolutely. He has gotten around that 90 sort of average in that year. And if... This is the big if, is that if he does play on that wing, which I see him getting one of those wing spots. I think spots, one of the wing spots is his. And he did. He came in fourth, I believe, in the time trial as well. He Ooh. pushed them early. He pushed them early. That's decent. He was up there early and then got overtaken and came fourth. Guess, um, guess who's picking him up in draft? Not you. <laughs> not you this year, Sly Dog. I can't, um, wait for, I can't wait for draft day where we just go on like... <laughs> But there's definitely head against each other. That's right. There's definite value. And if someone look, if someone tries to jump, tries tries to jump a value, you just look at the next best pick and you find someone else that they missed. So don't yeah, get except that overcome. the other guy wins. Anyway, um, Chera is uh, played twenty games, sixty two point four average. Actually has good disposal efficiency, seventy three point one by uh, total and sixty five by foot. So quite good disposal efficiency. Picked up number three in the draft. I actually see him improving quite a bit. Uh, he's also been tipped to take some of that more midfield role. I don't know if he's going to say. I don't think he's signed another contract. So I think this is kind of, hey, I think he could be thrown into the guts. It's been two years already now. Let's see what you've got. And maybe if we reward you, you might stay. So Fair I enough. see him getting a bit of a role in his guts here. He's a defender this year, which makes him draft relevant. I wouldn't be paying it for in standard because he averaged 62.4. So you're not going to get value on that unless he hits 90s. But for draft, he could hit you an 80-odd. Particularly in a I deep think, draft, you could go I think go both value. those guys are looking at you know, 80 to 85 average. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, th- I think... Um, oh, I lost my train. I lost my train. Oh, if you look at, say, uh, the Hugh McCluggage and the, the Jared Berry sort of yeah. format in terms yeah, of they how start they progress, the, I think that their development was very similar. Their third year was a mini breakout, but it was it was to that 80 range. Yeah. And then it took another year for them to fully develop into that, that 80, sort of 9,500. Yeah. I think McCauley's ran like 85 to 100, didn't he, basically? Yeah, Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so he was averaging, I think, 80, 82 or something like that, yeah. and then went bang. Um, I'm a almost a fully-fledged yeah. Unless premium. you're a Crips or an Oliver, a contested beast. And the only ones that have jumped yeah. are contested beasts. Yeah, huge Even like, yeah, Bonzapelli went up big time as well because he's clean around the contest. And he's good, good with his yeah possessions. Yeah, but it's also about yep. role. You still have to have the role. Uh, okay, so your draft relevance. Let's talk uh, Monday. We already spoke about saying that I think he'll be, probably be the largest dropper. Um, avoid at all costs if you can. I think, and not only that, he also broke his leg. The club's unsure when he's going to return. So I think just avoid at all costs, particularly at an 89 average, midfoot only this year. Just avoid him in drafts, let someone else take him. Jesse Hogan was running 10Ks a session before Christmas break, so apparently he's progressing quite well. Um, probably has a still bit way to go, but I think he's important for them. Draft relevant because he has averaged you 90-odd before. So, look, I think... Draft, I just don't think that he gets the same role that he does me when either, that average. But I think 80, you could pick him up in a deep draft. You could pick him up like oh, super, like super deep draft. Bench. Like you're talking like 18-team yeah, draft or something? Yeah. yeah, maybe. Deep draft, you could get Hogan easily. Uh, Darcy Tucker... Look, he three hundreds. I don't mind. Does that has been serviceable in deep leagues for us? Serviceable. Before. He was picked twenty seven in the draft a few years back, twenty fifteen. Could improve if he gets more mid minutes. So he averaged seventy three point four, eighty percent time on ground, seventy two percent disposal efficiency. He's twenty three. He's one hundred eighty four centimeters. Uh, his progression's gone fifty three, sixty, and seventy three. So he's been progressing nicely. 
Three 100s, including a 117. I think for yeah. draft particularly, he's worth a shot. He won me a couple of league games, man. I reckon, he's, I'm okay I reckon he, he could actually be a little smoky, I think, Mr. Tucker. Could be in competition for that one of those wing spots. So. Um, Rory Lobb's only a ruck this year, which sucks. Three uh, hundreds, average 92.5 in 10 rounds with Hogan, and average 76 in five rounds without Hogan. So basically, if Hogan's playing, Lobb seems to do a lot better. But again, ruck only. I would not be picking him unless you get so desperate in your ruck stocks and you pick him like your ruck's last and a few people have two rucks already and you're like, yeah. oh, crap, who am I picking? Then Lobb. He's he's not going to be the number one ruck. It's Sean Darcy. And Sean Darcy. If Lobb plays, he's playing ruck forward. So Darcy's 21 years old, uh, average 85 over his last five, basically. So... It's his to lose. He's he's young, Absolutely. and rucks take a while to get going, and he's a big boy, so he could actually produce the goods, and I wouldn't be surprised if rucks like any uh, average 80-odd for the year. Fair so, enough. So, Griffin Logue, the last one, draft relevancy, not standard. Uh, average 53.75, by the way, after those two rounds where everyone got hyped up and put him in their hey, standard side. He made enough side. cash. I think he made like 100K, like super Yeah, unless quick. you kept him because he averaged 53 after that. Yeah, so. I think I kept yeah, <laughs> and by that stage, most people didn't have any draft nah, picks, le- uh, any standard trades left, so they kept yeah, it. Yeah, it was tough. And the last one, injury news, Nathan Wilson had end-of-season toe surgery, so he is still in the rehab group, and that rounds us out for Fremantle. Fair enough. Jeez, that was long-winded. Uh, look, It was. There was a lot, a lot there, but um, I think they are a very valid super coach team this year very because valid. of their transition and their development. So Yes, and not only that, we also... See how it all pans out. Yes, and we also took a little bit of strategy this one and it did include some draft relevancy with uh, the number one pick and relating some of these players to other players, which is also helpful. So I think that that's yep. going to be key in decision-making for your final squads. It is. All right, well, thank you very much. Next, we have Geelong. Yeah, get into it. Yes, Woo-hoo. the final disappointments. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry! 